You're listening to MedEx, the Medical Extrusion Podcast. Presented by U.S. Extruders. Extrude with confidence. Custom extrusion equipment designed for you and your application. Welcome back to the MedEx Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about balloon technologies. And our guest is Dan Kasperzik, founder and CEO of Poba Medical. Poba Medical specializes in contract design, manufacture, and development of medical balloon technologies. Dan, thanks so much for joining us today on the MedEx podcast. My pleasure. Glad to be here. Great. Dan, uh, I think our, our listeners would be very interested to hear about your interesting background and in particularly how you got started in the med tech industry. Yeah, no, that's... Uh takes me to the Wayback Machine, but uh, <laughs> my, uh, my, my start was really, a, you know, a, a, a chance job at a, a small startup called ACS in the Bay Area, which was my really first job out of college. And I think uh, working on balloon angioplasty technologies for a, just a wide range of applications and, you know, 100 or so employees, rapid, rapid growth, really, really got the taste for the you know, the early stage startup, learned a lot about balloons, learned a lot about catheters, working closely with clinician entrepreneurs, clinician key opinion leaders. But yeah, so it was, it was really that first, you know, that first foray into the med tech industry was really through the, you know, get, getting that, 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 you know, someone took a chance on me at a, at a little startup in the Bay Area. And, uh, you know, from there, I, I was, I was really, uh, I was ruined. I was, <laughs> I, I was drawn to the startup feel. I mean, I, I wanted to work with small teams, you know, roll up your sleeves and, and, and really develop cool technologies that are, that are, that are game changers. And, and that was, you know, that was, that was 1987. So it was, uh, it was a while ago, but that, that, you know, I, I tell people all the time, it's that, you know, a lot of times that, that first job is, is, is so critical to your, to your, your eventual career path. And, and for mm -hmm. me, it, it, you know, it then took me to, Spectronetics and early vascular solutions, machine solutions, simple surgical, poba medical. So it's yeah, it was it was that that you know that early early stuff that gets you gets you on the path. Yeah. So you mentioned about clinicians and entrepreneurs and, and startups. I know that you've done a lot this year with your clinician inventor uh, program. Can you give our listeners a high view, high level overview of this program and any success stories that you might be able to sh share? Yeah, so so we we really launched it full force in January, and uh, I mean the biggest success was me recruiting a a former Gore associate who I had worked with when I was I was at WL Gore and Associates in Flagstaff, um, Warren Cutright to join our team. Warren is a vet by training, but had thirty years experience working closely with clinicians in the the pediatric cardiology space. So that was that was step number one. I mean we've we've now we've now worked on close to 10 active clinician entrepreneur projects. And these are, these are projects that clinicians are either losing sleep over, or they just have this idea and they, they, they want to take it through the, through the development uh, path. And, and they all think it's a $500 million idea and it's going to sell for a billion because they've, they've, they've heard the stories or they've, they've read about the stories, but, you know, we try to calibrate them a little bit and help them get an understanding of what it takes to really get a product on the market in the med medical device industry. So maybe help them raise funding, maybe help them kill an idea early. I mean, nobody wants to, nobody wants to invest, you know, tens of millions and then realize that you missed some 
early clinical component that's that's critical to the to the product. So really helping them through prototyping. We'll help them with capital if if we can help point them in the right direction, and then also aligning them with with the right regulatory uh, consultants so they they really understand their their path to market, whether it's a class one or a 510k or a PMA. So our our, our early success actually has it, it was a veterinary application. So it was kind of a a novel urinary drainage catheter. And since it was a vet product, the the regulatory hurdles were were very uh, scalable. And we were able to get it, you know, in 12 to 18 months, uh, get through the design phase and get it get it ready for commercialization. So that that one's uh, that one's really high on our list right now. And we're we're aggressively moving it to the you know, to the commercial phase and, you know, volumes from, you know, 50,000 to several hundred thousand units a year. So that was, that, that was a, that was a really, really successful project, but it, it really spans the, it spans the paradigm of, of applications from gene therapy to oncology, interventional, interventional cardiology, ENT, GI, we're, we're, we're finding applications throughout the body in, 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 in wide ranging areas and, it, and it's all really, really innovative. So it, make, it makes for some, it makes for some really, really fun projects and we're able to, we're able to prototype quickly and then we're able to develop that initial concept for them to either do their bench testing, their early animal testing, or just, just make design decisions that are, that are critical at that, at that early stage. And it's, it's really, it's really taking it off. And I, I think it's, it's having somebody other than me that can uh, can really put the pedal to the metal on it. And Warren has been a, just a great addition to our team. Oh, that's interesting. So a lot of the prototype bench type work on a, a development process to commercialization, how, how do you, do you transfer, you know, V and V and, and pro, uh, serial production? How do you handle the, the back end part of the life cycle? Yeah. So, so Design we have, we, yeah, we have, we have, we have partners. We've we've partnered with a company called Beyond Medical. They now have a manufacturing facility in in Texas. We've partnered with a number of other contract manufacturers that will will take the back end VNV and design process. But you know, on on the vet products, we take it all the way through, all the way through packaging. So I think we are positioning ourselves to be able to handle a lot more of the full device assembly as we as we grow the business. And and you know, I, I'll also add that the. You know that the projects from the clinician entrepreneurs that really, really pique our interest have balloons on them or have some balloon component, but that's not a that's not a showstopper if there's if there's enough design input and design capability with the projects, we're we're happy to take them on and help along the way. So many are grant either by hospitals or NIH or other areas, but it's it's been a you know I'd say the majority are balloon based, so it really really fits nicely into our our, our core capability at Poba. Excellent. Let's let's talk about your partnership with Chamfer, the online marketplace for medical device components. I, I know that Poba was one of the original sellers back about five years ago with Chamfer. Can you talk about how that relationship has prospered uh, and transitioned over the years? Yeah, it's been. Uh, yeah, I've 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 been called a lot of things, but I, I think I think you know Chamfer's largest cheerleader is probably one of my. Uh, I need to change my title on LinkedIn because I just, <laughs> I just, yeah. it's just, it's just, it's just a great way to fill the funnel uh, from the top of the funnel. And then, you know, Chamfer's done their job and then it's up to us to, to, to extrapolate and push some of these opportunities through the funnel. But I met Chamfer when I think we had three part numbers. So we were, I mean, we had no business getting into a partnership with Chamfer with three part numbers, but I was, I was just convinced by 
you know, my early meetings with, with Katie and Julie. And I think it was more than anything. It wasn't their sales pitch. It was just, it was the look in their eye. I, mm-hmm. I, I just knew, I just knew that they were going to be successful and, and they were going to do whatever it takes to build their online marketplace. And some of it's luck. I mean, meeting them at the time we early in their journey and early in our journey, but I, you know, it was, it was creating that, creating that relationship and not thinking too much about, you know, is it easier for me to build my online store? Cause it's, it's, it's not really difficult, but I had much better things to work on, you know, building out the company, developing our expertise in different materials and, and d- different, uh, different elements of the business that, you know, uh, an online marketplace tucked away in my, my website was, mm-hmm. was not high on my list. And I think if, 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 if I wouldn't have seen the look in their eyes early, I probably would have made, made the consideration. But once, once, once I chose that path, we, you know, we quickly challenged our team to go from, you know, three parts to 10 to 20 to hundreds. We have, we have over, we've crossed over 200 unique balloon parts on their, on their marketplace this year. So it was a big, it was a big, uh, it was a lot of effort by a lot of people, but you know, my, I mean, I was, I was, and, and, you know, you, you know, him well, Steve. So yep, yep, I was exactly. just, I was just, I was, I was convinced early on and, and I, I could tell that they had that that entrepreneurial startup drive that they were going to, they were going to be successful and they were going to have, you know, they're going to have lots of stumbles like we all do. And, you know, I think, I think the stumbles make us better. Yeah. When you, when you think about starting with them five years ago and only having a a few SKUs now, five years later, are some of those early leads that you generated through Chamfer, have any of those gone into higher volume production? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's pretty common. And, and really that's our, that's our goal with Chamfer is to be able to ride with the, the customers as long as we can. And, and, you know, if they're a PMA or a 510k product, it's, you know, you're talking about years, but we've had, we've had a couple that have you know, that come to mind r- right off the top of my head, but large companies like Hologic, Inari Medical, uh, a company called Capel, they, they all started with a, a bag of five balloons and, and those, those five balloons then morphed into, you know, stocking orders for commercial launch and, you know, and all those, 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 those applications. So, and we have a bunch in queue. So I think, I think 2023 there's, you know, that work we put in four years ago, I think is going to give us an opportunity to, you know, continue to establish the relationships with these customers. That's great. It definitely works. And there's a lot of success stories out there uh, about, uh, sellers for with Chamfer and how they've uh, started with some you know small prototype orders and gone into production with uh, with their company customers. So that's great. Let's talk about some some of the novel balloon technologies that you've been working on, and we'll start with the partnership that you have with Huwaki to add micro patterns to the surface of the balloon for grip or traction, so that you could grip between the balloon and the target site, either within the GI tract or with another, some other body lumen. Talk about that design that you're working on with Hawaki. Yeah. So we, we, we were approached, uh, it's a few years ago, a customer that was working in the neurovascular space. They were, they were having a, you know, a common event that, uh, technically is called watermelon seeding where you 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 kind of you kind of squeeze the balloon out of the target whatever that target may be so they were looking to add traction to the balloon surface and i don't exactly remember how we found huwaki but their micro grip technology seemed like a really really viable path to just add that surface friction and traction that's required in in this one specific application but it really was a, a you know initially we were just taking sleeves of material 
and wrapping them around the balloon to try to create these high traction regions within the balloon. But presently, we're, we're actually working on uh, ways to impart their microgrip technology into the balloon during the blown molding process so that you're not adding any additional materials or any additional structures. Create this ultra high traction microgrip into the balloon itself. And, and, it, and we've, got, we've got urethanes that are high compliant. We have nylons that are non-compliant, PET. So we're, we're looking across the material spectrum to try to add traction in different applications. And you know, it might be it might be for holding a scaffold or a a tissue valve, or it could be just anchoring in a in a lumen so that you can then tools or you can bring tools down through the through the lumen. So you want to make sure that the 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 balloon itself doesn't become dislodged during that during that procedure. So we're really early in the game. It's uh, there's there's a lot of technical discovery that we have to we have to do. And Hawaii's been great to work with. They're, you know, they're ambitious and hungry and a startup and they want to find new applications. And I think the balloon is just a really, really good, uh, a good avenue for them to impart this technology that really is, there's nothing like it that I've seen for adding traction. You can add, you can add sticky surfaces and um, neural or a braid surfaces to get that, that extra traction. But this is, this is imparting, you know, micro grip into the balloon wall itself and you know many of these balloon walls are you know sub one thousandth of an inch so a a 15 to 20 micron peak on the grip surface gives you enormous addition to your your sliding friction very interesting let's turn our attention to some exciting balloon technology you're working on related to weeping balloons and Hear me out on this. Tell me if I'm on the right track because I started to do a little research on this. So you're developing a, a film wrap balloon utilizing a, a microporous membrane from ultra-high molecular weight polyethylene, UHMW. And that allows you to very precisely deliver or weep drugs or other therapies to a target site, right? Correct. Okay. Correct. Yeah. So, so it's not a traditional blow molding process. It's a, uh, it's a process that creates the balloon structure through integrating this film technology in a way that gives you the ability to control balloon growth or diameter. And then also as you control balloon growth or diameter, you control the pore size of what you're trying to weep through. So it does a, it does a very, very good job of holding whatever the reagent is during the application before you ask it to be released. So if you want if you want a balloon that maintains a six millimeter diameter, but you want it to start to leak or weep at say four atmospheres of input pressure, that can be designed into the film tube itself. And the beauty of the ultra high molecular weight polyethylene is that it's easy to bond to. It's, you know, it can be bonded to nylons, it can be bonded to polyurethanes, it can be thermally welded. So we don't we don't fight the issues that you sometimes fight with expanded PTFE materials that are, you know, ultra high lubricity, um, great pore control, but just difficult to bond. So the, the materials we're working with come from a, a large Dutch company called DSM. So uh, uh, they're 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 working with us on uh, on the technology, and then we have a we have a, a another local Flagstaff startup company called Sentient Engineering that is 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 really our partner in the in the weeping balloon technology but again just like just like the huaki uh high traction it's, it's it's where do our customers want us to go and we want to find partners in different areas that allow us to solve the problem solve them quickly and then be able to deliver a a, a quick turn solution to that that specific customer for different applications so i think we're just just at the 
really the tip of the spear on on both these applications and and the new the new the new applications or the new the new opportunities and unmet clinical needs I think are going to are going to continue to surface as we as we get the word out about what we can what we can accomplish with some of these engineered materials and then using them to deliver reagents or whatever whatever might need to be delivered in in certain regions or certain diameters it's it's I mean it's really really advanced technology that I think you know we've been able to achieve with with laser drilling of standard PET or nylon materials but but this is a this is a much better way to contain the reagent during the delivery process and then when you want to ask it to release you're able to you're, you're able to force it to release into the specific site that you're that you're targeting so I, I think there's there's a lot of upside for this technology oh that's very interesting is that a I know it's early stage, but is that a, a balloon in balloon design where the inner balloon is, is inflated with saline maybe and the outer balloon is used to deliver the drug or perfusion? Yeah, I mean, that's that's one way to do it. I think mm -hmm. we also have we have the ability to just use the film tube as a balloon itself so that whatever we whatever we pressurize inside of the balloon, that will that will that will force the balloon to achieve a diameter at some semi-compliant characteristic and then once the pores open at a at a physical input pressure yeah. it then starts to slowly leak so you can use a balloon in balloon that's another that's another way to achieve it where you have a sleeve of of ultra high molecular weight polyethylene over a balloon and then that balloon forces it so we're yeah we're i i really think there's 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 so many different design opportunities with this technology that we're just we're just starting to really discover different different ways for us to use the technology within custom applications. Excellent. Very exciting technology. Thanks for sharing both of those examples. Yeah, no uh, problem. Earlier, uh, you talked about your growth, and I know that a couple months ago, maybe four months ago, you, you put in a new clean room, right? And you have, you mentioned that you're taking delivery of several balloon forming machines and other equipment. And I think you also said that you're going to kind of get more into the contract manufacturing space for catheters and catheter subassemblies. What can you share about that development? Yeah, so we're, you know, we're, we're really looking at, you know, adding process capability, you know, across the, across the paradigm of, of catheter assembly. So we have, we have unique, uh, we have unique geographical advantages with uh, machine solutions living in the same business complex as us, but balloon folding, marker band swaging, laminating, Steger braiding, coiling, uh, contract track testing, 3D printing. We're bringing all these technologies in. Tipping, another 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 process that's that's close to us. So, you know, all those steps from tip to tail. I mean, I think we have the ability to offer a really clean solution for for customers as we as we as we grow the relationship and grow the partnerships. And it still starts with chamfer and it still starts with a balloon, but you know, I think our ability to provide that additional value-added component to their supply chain is going to continue to allow us to grow. And you know, we're gonna we're gonna pick and choose projects because I think we're, you know, we're manufacturing in Flagstaff, Arizona, so we're, you know, we're we're not taking advantage of of low labor rates that come mm -hmm. offshore or other places. So we've got to pick the right projects. But I think with, you know, with the ability to access the process technology to you know, manufacture high, high quality medical devices the same way all the big boys manufacture really gives us an advantage to to grow that element of our business. And I mean, we also, I mentioned, we partner with Beyond Medical in Texas and Beyond is, a, is, is also a contract manufacturer, but they give us some, they give us some bandwidth when it comes to just full device assemblies where we're maybe working on the balloon component, but we're not quite ready for the 
the full RX catheter design. So they've been a they've been a they've been a really key partner for us. That's great. Yeah, we look maybe we'll have to get you back on the podcast in six months so you can give us an update on some of these, you know, developments, technical developments and also the, your expansion programs. But it's Yeah, I'd great. be happy to. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. I appreciate it, Dan. It's been great to have you on the podcast today. Well, thanks for having me and uh yeah, I'm sure we'll see you around, Steve. All right, absolutely. Thanks. All right, take care. Thank you for listening to MedEx, the medical extrusion podcast presented by U.S. Extruders. Please subscribe to make sure you're getting the latest episodes. All links are available in the show notes.